Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. A reading from the book of Genesis, chapters 6 through 8, selected verses. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood, make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof an opening one cubit high all around. Put a door in the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens, every creature that has the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, and of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. Noah did everything just as God had commanded him. The waters flooded the earth for 150 days. By the 27th day of the second month, the earth was completely dry. Then God said to Noah, come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring out every kind of living creature that is with you the birds, the animals, and all the creatures that move along the ground, so that they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase in number on it. So Noah came out, together with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives. All the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground and all the birds, everything that moves on land, came out of the ark, one kind after another. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Almighty and gracious God, we gather here in your house this day. We gather to hear your word read and proclaimed, and as we do so, O Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts, that you would change our very lives so that we would leave this place not just hearers of your word, but doers of your word. In your son's holy name we pray, amen. Have you ever planned anything in your mind that you thought was just going to be perfect? I mean, it might be not even just perfect, that it was gonna be glorious. And it was gonna be just absolutely the most beautiful thing when you got it done and somewhere along the lines you just kind of realized it's best if you just start it all over again. So a few years ago, I had this brilliant dream that the the garden in the front of our house was going to be 
beautiful. I mean, it was going to be built more estate beautiful. I mean, there was going to be colors, there's going to be textures, annuals, perennials, shrubs. I mean, it was going to be organized, laid out beautifully. We were going to win yard of the month for like the first six months after I finished because nobody could touch it. So I planted the garden and then the summer heat and drought came and it promptly died and the weeds came and the crabgrass said, ooh, fresh garden. And so pretty soon we basically could have gotten the letter that says, please burn your garden down. You're making the rest of us look bad. So hero to zero in a matter of weeks, right? And Rel Rel said, just needed to start all over again. And so with that, it was more like a front yard jungle, scrapped it and started over with a much smaller vision called grass. And it worked out really well. In our passage today, we have creation run amok. What we have in the story here is that God looks down upon creation and this wonderful kingdom that God envisioned back when there were those six days and every day was good and God rested. Over the years, creation ran amok. The people that God created to live in the image of God and to be in the image of God lived less in that image and they were more into backbiting and a lack of care and fighting amongst themselves. And God thought, this is not what I intended. And so God sets about this idea to recast and to reform and to recreate the earth that God had envisioned. To start all over again, to sort of wipe the slate clean, but not completely clean. God thought, I need a righteous person. I need a righteous person to lead this effort to renovate, to renew, to reform creation and rebuild the kingdom. And so he went and he found Noah, the one righteous man in his family, and he gave Noah those instructions. So he tells Noah to build the ark and tells him to build it so long, so high, so deep, so many decks, what to pack. Oh, and by the way, not in addition to your family, but all this food and each of the animals of the earth. Now, what we learn in this story, as we look at it sort of from Noah's angle and we look at what God is doing in creation, we learn that this is a story about trusting and obeying. This is a story about finding the joy in the intricate details of creation that God has provided for you and for me. And it's a story where God is present every day and every step along the way. So you and I, we have inherited this story. This is a part of our faith heritage, if you will. And so in that, if we want to be a part about building the kingdom of God here on earth, right here and now in the 21st century, then we too need to learn and remember those lessons, the ones of trusting and obeying, the, the joy of finding or the, the joy of seeing God's intricate creation, realizing that God has provided all of this for us. And then realizing that we are not alone. But that when God has called us, that God is with us every step of the way. So think about it this from the standpoint of Noah. When God's looking around and looking for that one righteous person, he was looking for someone that would trust and obey. 
Now, the first thing that we learn about children when they're growing up, the first word they learn is no. I mean, that's just what they learn. And if that doesn't vex parents enough, no, like it's time to put on our shoes, no, it's time to go to the store, no, it's time to go to bed, no. I mean, we get tired of hearing the word no, and we finally like, you need to change and broaden your vocabulary. So you know what the second word they learn is, don't you? Why? Time to put on our shoes, why? Because we want to go to the store, why? Because we're out of food, why? Because you ate it all, why? Because you were hungry, why? I mean, it just goes on and on. And sometimes they ask why, because children want to learn. They want to learn how things happen. But mostly they ask why, because they're trying to buck the system, trying to stall it, trying to argue. God wasn't looking for someone that would ask why. God was looking for someone that would trust and obey, someone that would be moved the way God wanted the world to be moved, someone that would be moved by the heart of God and trust God implicitly. So when he, came to, when he came to Noah and he asked Noah to build this ark and tells him why, what does Noah do? Noah builds the ark. He didn't ask why I build a boat. He didn't ask why am I doing this? He didn't ask why are we building it so far from the ocean? I mean, I can't even see it from here. He didn't ask why it needed to be so big, why we had to include all the animals. I mean, I wish he'd ask why mosquitoes or why poison ivy, but he didn't. Instead, Noah trusted and obeyed just what God said. He trusted and he obeyed and he built the ark despite the fact that there was ridicule coming in. I mean, imagine if you started to build a boat that big in your backyard today. First of all, there would be all the Noah's ark jokes. That's easy enough. But two, I mean, he's building and the neighbors didn't say, can you believe what he's doing? No, he kept building. When he was on the boat, when they were floating in the waters after the rains had fallen, the waters had risen, he didn't ask why or didn't ask how much longer or what else was going on. Instead, he trusted and obeyed. And if you've ever been cooped up with an animal or a pair of animals in the house on a rainy season like, oh, I don't know, January, February, March of this year, you know how crazy they can be. And yet, Noah persisted in trusting and obeying God. So that leads the question for you and me. If we are called to bring about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God here on earth, should we not trust and obey as well? Should we not trust and obey and listen to what God calls us to do and to do no harm, to do good and to stay close to God? And if we're going to ask the question why, maybe the question we need to ask is ask why about the things that moves the heart of God? Why are there people that are hungry? Why is there poverty? Why do children die while they're escaping their homelands? Why am I not a part of the solution? See, I think when God calls you and I to follow, when God calls us to be disciples, we are called to trust and obey, and we are called to be moved by the things that break the heart of God. And when we're called to be moved by the things that break the heart of God, then we are called to trust and obey God when we step into those places and become a part of the solution of healing the world. The other part of this story that I love is when God tells Noah, 
bring on the animals, two of every kind. I imagine how crazy that sounded at first, but I imagine how amazed Noah was when this happened. Growing up, there was at my grandfather's house, there was this wooden ark that had wooden cutouts of animals. And so I can remember my brother and I would go visit them, my grandparents, that with all of the things, because you know, when you go visit your grandparents, it's like this veritable smorgasbord of everything that you don't have at home. Because grandparents' job is to be the grandparents that they couldn't be as parents. And so they sort of spoil you, but with all of the things that could distract us, we were most intrigued by this ark. And we would play with it for hours on end, the simple joys of a simple wooden toy with all of its components. I think part of it was because it was something that was tactile and we could play with, but I think part of it was also the story behind it. The whole thought of having all the animals of the world in one boat in one place was just amazing. So imagine Noah taking in the menagerie of creation to see all the intricate details of what God had created, all of the earth, all the animals of the earth in one spot in that instance. I mean, I can imagine, if you will, going down to sort of the big cat section of the boat. Maybe it was on the middle deck, sort of in the back corner. And right there, you've got lions and tigers and cheetahs and leopards and pumas, all in enclosures right next to each other. And to see the differences and the similarities at the same time in these big cats. I mean, it must have just been awe-inspiring and amazing to realize the simple beauty of each part of creation. How many times have you taken a step back in life? Taken a step back from all the hubbub of the world and everything that the world tells us that we should pay attention to and marvel at what God has provided us. I mean, I turn a TV on, you turn the TV on and you watch ads. If you watch the Best Buy ad, I mean, the TVs are getting bigger and bigger and the technology is getting better. I mean, now you can get a TV that's wider than my arms and taller and it shows in such clarity. It says the clarity is such that you can count the feathers on a hummingbird. That's pretty amazing, right? But if you put a hummingbird feeder right outside your window, you can sit there and watch it live as well. And then you begin to see the intricate details that God has provided for us. To look around the room and to see the similarities and the differences in each of us. And we realize that what we have been given is sheer joyful. That God truly is the master of the universe. And that what really is amazing is not what the world describes as success, a bigger, wider, higher definition TV. But what God has provided for you and me today to celebrate and to rejoice in and to tell all the world that there is a God in heaven that's created you just the way you are, just like you are, because God loves you just as you are. And look at creation. Or maybe if you take a moment and look out the window of your house and you watch a robin hop across the yard hunting for worms. It's amazing. Or if you have a dog at home to get the dog, if you can get the dog to sit and sit and stare at you and just watch the changes in the dog's fur from the tip of the nose to the back of their head. And to realize that God has wrought all of this for us. And there's this simple beauty in God's creation. 
And so when we start to think about that simple beauty, we begin to think about what else has God provided for us? What is the beauty of God's kingdom that is given to us? It's in the people that we know, in the relationships that we build. It's an observed creation, those intricate details, but it's what God has done in our lives. And so when I think about Noah, when I think about the importance of the story, it's not about just trusting and obeying, but it's about seeking joy and celebrating what God has given to you and me today and every day of our lives. And the third part of the story is that through this whole journey, God promised to be with Noah every step of the way. You remember at creation, God had each of the six days and the seventh day and God said, and it was good. And it was good. And so God had had this beautiful plan, but yet we as humans, we turned away from that plan and we let things run amok. And so as God was recasting and revisioning, he told Noah, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you on the boat. I'll be with you through the building of the ark, through the gathering of the animals. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm going to be with you. And at the end of the story, that's God's promise to us still. That no matter where we find ourselves, no matter what roads we take, no matter what we do, that God is with us each and every day. That God is present with us, strengthening us, guiding us, supporting us. And so no matter what we have to face today, no matter what trials and tribulations, the valleys of life, or whether we've got to have dark, uh, difficult conversations, or we find ourselves walking into uncharted territory, that we are not alone that God is creating something new in our world around us each and every day, but that God is with you and with me and all the world every step of the way. And when I think of that and I think about how God calls us to be in that relationship, part of what God calls us to do is God says, I'm with you and I know that you wanna know why you're, I've called you here or what, or you're not prepared for something but I have equipped you. And if you trust me, if you will just obey, if you will just open your eyes and see what I provided for you, you will know that I am walking with you side by side. And I will equip you to face whatever may come. So as the waters receded and the sun came out, after the flood, God said, never again. Never again can I do this because this was just too painful for me. But I have a righteous man and his family. We have all of creation. And we're going to start anew to build the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And so my friends, for you and I, we are a part of that. We are part of that calling to build the kingdom of heaven here on earth and to do that we must listen and hear God calling us. God calling to us in the simple quiet hours of the morning or in the loud clanging symbols of the things right in front of our eyes that move our hearts and make us realize that the heart of God is being moved as well. And so when we realize those moments that we have to trust and obey much like Noah did. But even in the midst of that to realize what God has provided for all the earth that God has provided for us with the simple glory of creation and to know that God is present with us each and every step of the way. And when we realize that in this space, 
then we realize our calling is to go out into the world, to leave the safety of the sanctuary, to leave the safety of the ark, if you will, and to go out into the world and tell the world that God loves you. And God has provided this for all of us. And if we will just trust and obey, the kingdom of heaven will come on earth. Creation will be more glorious than ever envisioned. And God in heaven will be glorified. So let us go forth, leaving the safety of the ark, if you will, and telling the world about a God in heaven that loves the world like never before. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.